Welcome to IBBA Insights, providing expert advice on buying or selling small businesses. IBBA Insights is presented by the International Business Brokers Association, the world's largest nonprofit organization for those helping others sell or buy businesses. Now, here's your host, Chris Diglio. Welcome back to IBBA Insights. I'm your host, Chris Diglio, and this is part two of our uh, episode on exiting your business, utilizing employee ownership. And on the last episode, we talked with Alex Yu, Ad Maloff, and Kevin Swee, and they were so kind to share their insights about what is employee ownership. We talked about how it differed from an ESOP. We talked about the complexities involved, the structure, um, the, the roles of, of, of the owner, um, the role of the person coming in transitioning, the role of the of the acquirer and how it works. And so going forward today, what we want to talk about now is is going the step further. Okay, this this has happened and you know, what does it all mean? And 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 so we're just gonna jump right in and start, you know, going forward with the with all the questions I have down here because we have a short period of time, but a lot of good information that I think you're all gonna want to hear. And Ed and Kevin, I'm going to start with you this time. Um, and, and Kevin, I'm going to talk with you. Um, you come on board and you're going to be transitioning um, into the role of president and, and leadership of the company that the employees have, have been with for a while. And you're working with the, uh, the old owner, the person that's exiting. At what stage of the, in your, in your case, at what stage did this take place? How how far? How soon after after the 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 transition were you brought in? Yeah, um, Ed, you might need to keep me honest on this, but I think it was within three months, I believe. So I think closing was um, uh, early last year, and I was uh, in seat by March first. And coming in day one, what was the most important thing for you? Sorry, Chris, can you repeat that one more time? Sure. I said, you know, starting day one, Kevin, what was the most important thing for you in this process coming on board? Yeah, absolutely. Um, most important thing by far was building trust. And I think building trust uh, meant building it with our employee owners, building it with Ed or furthering that with Ed, um, the former owner, and then also building it with our clients as well. Um, you know, what I've seen and experienced before in my previous lives is that uh, with any change, uh, especially one as big as this, um, you know, there's a lot of emotions and thoughts that everyone within the business has. And uh, I was really fortunate to not only have the support of Ed, but also team shares um, and the fact that employees were now owners within the business, that we can all essentially work together and trust and eventually trust each other to ensure that there was a proper transition. Now, Ed, this is a question I've been wanting to ask, and we now finally got to the point of the show where I can, where I can ask it. Part two, right at the beginning, but it, it really hits home. So from your perspective as the, the person who owned and ran this company for many years and now transitioned to someone else, you look back and you look at these people that were, were your employees and now they're employee owners. 
how did this transition affect their morale, their productivity, and even their accountability? Uh, well, I, I think that um, that varies probably. I don't think there's a blanket answer for that, but um, I think there was a um, general feeling of relief once they met Kevin and and saw that um, he was the um, level-headed, smart, and um, not um I'm, I'm lacking the word here but uh, but uh wasn't um, going to really disrupt the flow of things what was going to enable the flow of things so uh, i think there was a uh, a sense of relief and um for as to um i think on the surface um they were all excited maybe a little nervous, but excited about employee ownership and didn't completely understand it. And so um, to that point, Team Shares has done a great job of uh, training and uh, explaining and educating our, our teams about employee ownership and what it means to them and how it can move the company forward. And so um, over time, and, uh, you know, Alex had made this point, used this term the other day in a conversation I had with him. And I think it was, uh, it was great is that there's a tailwind effect. And so, um, it really kind of takes hold. Everything gels and, um, the team pulls together and, and everybody rows in the same direction a little harder. Excellent. Well, I'm talking with Alex Yu, co-founder and chief operating officer at TeamShares. Um, also talking with Ed Maloff, who is the founder and former owner of Man Marketing. And we're talking with Kevin Swee, who is the president of Man Marketing and basically took over uh, Ed's role. And so Alex, we just talked about from Ed's perspective as the former owner, what it looks like to his employees. But from from your perspective as the the, the co-founder and COO of Team Shares, when, when you come on board and you structure a, a deal where now you have employee ownership and they're no longer an employee of a company, uh, but in, in their mind, you, in, in, in life, it's, well, now I, I have ownership into this. Do you, do you feel more of a sense from the employees, more of a buy-in, more of a pride of, of being a part of the company than maybe they had prior to a transaction like this? I think at the beginning, it's a hope and a knowledge that it will mean something to everyone at some point, but it's not immediate. You know, the comment that, that Ed made about the tailwinds is that we view employee ownership like a tailwind when you're sailing a ship. It's something that helps, but it's not the ship itself. You still need to have a strong, steady ship that has the right sails so that you're ready for when employee ownership makes sense. But we go into this knowing in a heart of hearts that employee ownership becomes meaningful to everyone, whether it's six months or two years or five years in, but that the business is successful in its own right before that. Employee ownership is just a fuel to the fire of what's a ready and a successful business.
Very interesting. Um, you know, I've talked with I've talked with people that have gone through the process, and you know, you have. We just we just previously did an episode of IBBA Insights, and we talked about employee um, retention because the biggest challenge most companies face nowadays are are acquiring new talent, but then retaining that that same talent. Is there any benefit to a company that's employee that has employee ownership? Um, is there there statistics or anything that talks about their retention rate uh, or even uh, acquiring a talented employee that that rate being much better than someone that's just joining a company that uh, that is not structured like this, Alex? I don't know if there's hard statistics about it, Chris, but from what we've seen, it definitely has not hurt. Our philosophy is always that when a president gets into a business, they need to make sure that people are fulfilled in their job and that they're fairly compensated for it and that they have the right benefits, including health, to enable them to be successful. That's one of the benefits of Team Shares because we're a larger company overall, so we can help small businesses get access to some of these things that small business owners just don't have access to at a small scale like health insurance, like reasonable health insurance. We, th- we And it's impossible to pull apart like why employees are staying longer at Team Shares businesses. Is it because they appreciate what the former owner has done to make this happen? Because they obviously have choices, right? They can sell to a competitor. They can sell to private equity. Is it because the president, they have confidence in? When we do surveys, over 90 94%, I believe this is the average, of employees that are surveyed say that they have confidence in their new president. Is it because their wages and their benefits have gone up? Or is it because of the employee ownership? I, I can't tell you like what portion is tied to the employee ownership part, but we have definitely seen the tension do better in this new model. And Chris, I can jump in and speak to man marketing itself. We've had 100% um, retention since we've joined, and it's been over a year. And uh, in fact, we've been able to make quite a few successful hires um, with the promise of employee ownership for new hires as well. And uh, in general, I felt that that's been a huge factor in our ability to uh, maintain employees and also, um, you know, hire new employees as well. And that was going to be my question to you, Kevin. I'm sorry? I was going to say, don't sell yourself short, Kevin. I I think Kevin being a leader (laughs) in the business is a huge draw of it as well. It takes a team to get it done. He's the leader of the team. So, Kevin, I was I was going to ask that question of you next. So, from your perspective, you're the new guy coming in. And, you know, employees a lot of times, will once they warm up, they'll start talking about that. So, now you've seen the process. You've seen this go through. What have you seen? You said 100% retention rate and being able to attract new great employees. That's awesome. What, what are some of the things that, uh, potentially that you've heard that have excited the employees or, 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 or energize them or, 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 you know, their feelings when they talk to you about the company today as compared to maybe where it was and their, and their specific roles. Yeah, that's a great question, Chris. I, uh, Ed mentioned it a little earlier that, um, there's a level of education that team shares along with myself helps provide for our employee owners of what ownership really means. Right. And as we grow the business, their equity and their stake in the business actually increases. And so, uh, you know, as we've been able to educate 
our employee owners more and more on that. Uh, we've seen a huge number of changes, actually. Uh, the most notable, notable maybe because it was really recent, uh, one of our video editors, um, someone who isn't involved with sales at all or anything, uh, after going through one of the sessions, uh, went way out of his way to just message friends, family, people that he knew that potentially could be using advertising services. Um, and he ended up being a person who, uh, you know, brought in new business for our company, something that, uh, if I were to guess, would never have happened before unless they knew kind of the impact of what bringing in new business to man marketing is and ultimately uh, to their ownership levels and their equity levels. So that was actually a really exciting thing to see um, and a super tangible way to measure uh, measure what employee ownership was. It takes a lot to make the sale or the transition of any business work. And it always seems to work most successfully when obviously you have a, a great buying group uh, and a process. Two, you have a seller that's motivated and willing then to uh, not only sell, but help transition. And then you have a good team that can come in and continue the uh, the greatness or the great things that the company had previously uh, done. And so when we look at the sale or the exit of a business to an owner, you know, the whether they admit this or not, you know, money is right up there, if not the most important um, factor in what they're doing. But uh, right underneath that, there are those owners where it's very important what's going to happen to my employees. They've been good to me. I want to make sure I take care of them. Um, and then there's the legacy place. So it's big legacy play. It becomes very important to people to say, you know what? I want to see what I started go on for generations to come. So Ed, when you look at the structure that you've, that you've done and, and, and where man marketing has gone since, since, uh, you've exited and since you've, you've turned it over, um, how important is that legacy play to you or was it important at all? No, it uh, it was um, an amazing component that uh, up until coming across TeamShares, I didn't think was going to be available to me. Um, generally speaking, I always thought that you know legacy was I would have uh, you know um, a son or a daughter who would you know want to continue on in the business, um, and um, I didn't have that uh, dynamic available to me. So having this come into play and being able to perpetuate it was the cherry on top, right? It was really wonderful and, uh, and you know, I perhaps uh, from an ego standpoint, uh, you know, fulfilling to me to, uh, to see um, the seed I had planted continue to grow. So I liked it a it's, lot. It, it's like a proud parent who sees their children, you know, grow up and, and, and go on to hopefully do bigger and better things than we've done ourselves as parents, right? That's every parent's dream. And so as the parents of, of this company this, that you nurtured and helped grow to be able to turn it over um, through an employee ownership and to have a, a group come in and have someone like Kevin that's going to take it and continue 
um, what you did for so many years, that there's pride that's associated with that. There's pride. Yes, absolutely. So um, that's uh, that's kind of an intangible component that uh, that that made this alternative, you know, really really good. You know. Wonderful. I I, I love I love good good stories because you hear a lot of horror stories out there. Alex, a lot of our listeners are um, part of the IBBA members. A lot of our listeners are business owners and they're getting great information. But let's talk about this from the perspective and the role, again, of the broker. You know, the broker, as you said, you know, the broker's your friend. They're here to help. You you look to the broker to um, help facilitate this transaction. So can you talk to me about the importance or the role of the broker uh, involved involved in this, Alex? One of the biggest barriers to working with team shows is the fact that we have done this dozens and close to 100 times versus an owner is going through this process for likely the very first time. And there's this imbalance going into it where the owner doesn't know what to expect, what's fair, what's market, am I am I being taken advantage of? And it's a very natural fear that people who are entrepreneurs, who are leaders in their fields, who have led and built a business for decades, it's a weird thing to be, weird place to be. And why we love brokers so much is that a broker is that person who can be the middleman, who can help the owner think about how do I present my company in a way that's digestible to buyers. How do I help them negotiate what's fair, what's market, what's unusual, what should I watch out for? And even shepherding it through towards the end, we think having that person in the mix makes everyone feel better about what the outcome ultimately is. And, and we've seen this over and over again where we're, when someone approaches us with an interest from a business, we say, look, it's going to benefit you, it's going to benefit us, it's going to benefit everyone. If you go talk to a business broker and work with them as a as a pre-step to going to talk to any potential buyers, including us. So we like to look at transactions and, you know, we we tend from a broker's point of view anyway, or an intermediary's point of view, when a transaction concludes, we kind of forget the rough spots along the way and tend to focus and remember all the good stuff. But Ed, you know, along the way, if you were looking back, what would you say was the most challenging part of this process for you, for the owner of the company? Um, is that in, in selling to team shares or in selling my company? Well, I would say in selling to a, a, a group like team shares, yes. And then you could also talk about in selling your company, sure. Because that's the question that everyone else is sitting there asking them themselves also. This because the process is somewhat similar that they have to go through the transition. But what did you find to be the most challenging aspect of it? Well, I I I I'm hoping I'm going to get to the point that you're looking for, but I'll I'll tell you that I initially didn't think that uh, a broker was necessary. And uh, I attempted to do this, or at least to make inquiries and start conversations on my own, and 
to a certain degree, I, I was successful. I mean, I had had a, um, a good company and a good brand, and 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 there was interest, but I really had no idea how to manage how to manage the the sale, and and so it it was a difficult journey for me, and uh, and when I finally got to the point in my journey where where I took on a broker it um it was great to have somebody um to talk to who um you know represented my interests and um could counsel me on it as opposed to you know my, me just doing it on my own instinct um so that was a challenging hump that I had to get over you know that that a broker was was going to be a good thing for me, and it was uh, immediately good. Honestly, even before team shares, and that the broker brought many more prospects or several more prospects to to the to the boat. Um, I mean, honestly, I didn't uh, with a broker. The the company sold quickly on on my own efforts. I danced for a few years and got nowhere. So. I, I think that my personal challenge was that with team shares, uh, there wasn't much of a challenge. It was really um, a protocol that they kind of, um, we walked through and it was organized, I felt. And, uh, you know, I talked to a number of different people and so it was probably hard for me to keep everybody straight along the way, you know, and, and this was on the tail end of COVID as well. So they weren't all personal meetings. They were phone and video meetings, but, um, but, you know, everyone was helpful and, uh, and cognizant of my concerns and not just, um, you know, pushing the team shares narrative, so to speak. So, so that was, um, that kind of a non-threatening approach was comforting to me. Alex, doing as many deals as you've been involved with and dealing with all the personalities involved from the brokers to the different type of sellers, to the employees, to the people coming on board like Kevin afterwards. But when you're looking at it initially, and you're first approaching a business and you're dealing with a broker and now you have it under an LOI or a contract and, and you're going forward. What are the, some of the challenges that, that you typically, if there is such a thing, run into with, um, with the business owners themselves? Are there, do you ever run across any resistance or, or what are some of the pitfalls that, that you've run across? Cause I know everything doesn't always go perfect. Yeah, you know, once we get to an LOI signed, we close over 90% of the, of the things we sign, unless it's something that comes up that's unusual. The Probably the biggest barrier that we face are the actions of people who have come before us. And what I mean by that, Chris, is that when you have well-meaning advisors, usually CPAs and lawyers, who counsel the seller on the horror stories of what has come before team shares in terms of promises broken, actions, un unhonorable actions taken, that's that's a headwind for us. We are very much 
fully open with talking to former sellers of what the experience has been like with team shares. And we may disagree on, on things that come up during the transaction. But I think if you talk to any owner that sold team shares, say they would probably tell you we don't, didn't always agree on everything. But at the end of the day, team shares did what was right. And I, I think that's probably the biggest barrier. It's kind of an amorphous thing, which is where, you know, in the past, sellers had done this, this, and this. Therefore, you, need, you must make sure you get this, this, and this, which is true in the general market. We're trying to act a little bit different and treat people well and keep our word. And so that, that's a constant battle that we have to fight about. Don't judge us by the actions of people who have come before us. Try and judge us in the context of the people that have actually worked with us. That's a great Maybe answer. Um, legal, legal documents. You know, every every deal is different, and all the people you're dealing with, again, different personalities, and and so it's hard to pigeonhole everything into well, these are the two or three things that always seem to come up. But you know, I I, I always like, and you you alluded to it. You know, you have reasonable people on all sides, and the, things go a lot smoother, but sometimes you do have to overcome the obstacles that were, were planted or the pitfalls before you. Um, and sometimes the, the thought, um, when you are dealing, Alex, with a broker for the first time, um, or even a, uh, seller for the first time and they hear about your process and your structure, uh, are, do you ever get a, a negative reaction or, and what might that be? What are the biggest concerns other than they just don't understand it? So up until the time they understand what actually you're doing, what, what are the, what is, what are the kind of reactions do you get from the brokers and, 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 and the sellers? So it probably falls into two buckets. The first is understandable skepticism because homeowners have always I think a lot of cases have thought about employee ownership and they've probably even talked to some business brokers about it in ESOP and they've come to a conclusion that it doesn't work for their particular business. And we've had conversations where we've been shut down by sellers who have said, hey, I've considered employee ownership. It doesn't work. We're not interested in talking. Um, so that, that's usually one area where it's just overcoming where selling to team shares is like selling to anyone else. You don't have to this is just a value add for your legacy and what we think is good for the business. At the end, you don't have to make a decision based on that. The second thing that we run into is because our model involves bringing in a, a new leader of the business, that's a cost that the business didn't have necessarily before. And so what that leads to is that if you think of like the Venn diagram of, of things that what sellers want, what team shares willing to pay and when in the middle is this, it's not a hundred percent overlap between what a seller rightly believes they deserve because of the money they've taken out in the business over time and what we are able to pay with the replacement costs that we put onto the business. Um, and, and so we've tried to overcome that by being very quick once we get information to give feedback on whether something works for us or not. But sometimes that speed in which we tell people no can sometimes take people aback. You know, the standard um, valuation um, and, or recasting exercise by a lot of small business owners, or not not a lot, but what's generally accepted 
and you'll run into this, Alex, is, you know, if it's a small business, approximately a million or so dollars or, or so a year in, in revenues, you know, it's, it's customary for the broker to add back or adjust for one working owner with the assumption that the person that buys it is going to come in and, and replace that, that owner. Now, obviously, as you know, in, in larger M&A type transactions, lower middle market transactions, you always have to put replacement costs or everything in there. So that could potentially, I guess, affect the value of the company from where you view it to as where an individual uh, investor might view it. Is, is, is that accurate? That's correct. Okay. Well, that, that's fair. And, and Ed, you went through the process. So obviously, the value certainly was, was still there for you to say, you know what, this is a good value for me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to still go forward with this. So in, in, at the end of the day, Ed, would you agree that this was a, a win-win for everybody involved? Most definitely. Yes. Um, I, th I think I got um, a very good price for man marketing. Um, and I, I got to see a path forward for man marketing. Um, I, I feel our, uh, our team was taken care of in the transaction and, 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 and post transaction. And, um, you know, we now have, and marketing now has the, the, you know, Kevin, who I have great respect for, and um, I think he's an excellent leader at the helm. And the resources of TeamShare behind band marketing, you know, available to provide them with some of the things that um, I don't feel I was in a position to do. So, I mean, I kind of a storybook ending for me, the way I see it. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Too pop. Yeah, I hope that's not too Pollyanna, but I'm a happy guy. No, look, we live in the world of negativity, so to hear a good story, there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> whatsoever. No apologies necessary. So, you know, unfortunately, gentlemen, we're coming to the end of our show, but I'm going to e ask each one of you a question. I'm going to start with Kevin, then go to Ed, and then end with Alex. But, Kevin, if those that are listening out there, they may be working for a company in some kind of capacity and they find out that the company's going through a transition where not only new ownership's coming in, but new leadership is coming in. Um, and now all of a sudden they're fearful of maybe their job or, or what comes because everyone's afraid of the unknown. What advice do you have for that person that's listening today? Yeah, I think it's first of all, natural to have those types of fears. Um, but what I would recommend everyone in that type of situation to have is uh, to focus on the situation at hand, try and figure out if there is an ability and a, you know, a capability to trust new leadership coming in, trust the new situation. Um, it's, I think there's some value in optimism, and that's one of the things that I've shared with my employee owners. Um, you know, as we been able to build trust, we've seen success within the business, success with our individual employee owners, and uh, I, I foresee a lot of success in the future. So uh, continue and have faith and trust. Kevin, thank you for uh, that answer, and, and thank you for taking time to be with us.
uh, on the show today. It was very valuable information and, and really appreciated your perspective. So next, I'm going to go to Ed. Ed, you're there's someone out there listening right now that's the owner of a business. And they did like you to this sitting there. Well, maybe I could sell it on my own or, okay, now that I'm, uh, you know, or I'm reluctant or skeptical about maybe going forward with, uh, once I do make the decide decision to sell with, uh, employee ownership and transitioning that way. If there are business owners out there right now listening and they heard your story today, again, what advice would you give them on, on the entire process of exiting the business or turning their baby over to somebody else? Well, um, I mean, the, um, the first level of advice uh, would be that uh, they're better served with a broker. Um, I took a while to come to that conclusion, but I'm very steadfast in my decision now that I did. Um, that said, um, you know, probably all brokers are not created equally, and there's an interviewing mm-hmm. process uh, that that they should go through to find someone that they are comfortable with, and, uh, and you know, and feel that um, has their best interests at, at heart, and that 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 they can work with. So. Um, and and of course, you know, if the if uh, you know the team shares option is available to them or or an employee owned option, I, I'm a proponent of that. Um, but you know, for other people, I, I think that uh, just taking those those first few steps will take, bring them a lot closer to the the end result that that they're looking for than than trying to do it on their own. Well, Ed, thank you for <clears throat> thank you for sharing your story with us over the last two episodes and um, want to congratulate you on a job well done and, and for your fairy tale ending. And I wish you the best of luck with everything in the future. And thank you so very much for taking your time and sharing with our audience, all the valuable insights and information that you have. Thank you. Um, thank you. Alex, I'm going to end, I'm going to end with you. And I, I'd like to ask you again, there's the broker out there that has a opportunity. Um, and they're not sure if it fits for employee ownership. And then again, there's also the, the, uh, business owner out there that one day might get that letter of, el- that letter of intent or their contract offer, uh, through their broker from a group like Team Shares that's doing employee based ownership trans- transition. Um, what would you say to those people that are out there right now? send us the information and we'll, we'll hopefully give you a quick yes. And if not a quick yes, a quick no. I, I think we're very cautious to protecting people's time and the, the very worst you can expect from us is a quick response. Um, and it, it's something where it feels like there is something missing. Like, why are you doing this? Why, why does it make sense? It, we think it's good business. We think that it can be a win, business can be a win-win-win outcome where Team Shares does well, the retiring owner does well, and the new generation of employee ownerships do well. And it's, it's a positive some way of thinking. 
we've chosen, we've seen it with our businesses that we've done it with, and we believe that it can be an option for true small businesses where there isn't this succession cycle where every generation you have to hope your kids come into business and take it over. Once you become employee owned, there is no more succession issues. New owners just come into the business and new ones retire and old ones retire. So it, it's worth, worth finding out if it's, if it's right for your business. And if it's not, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you very quickly why it doesn't work for us now, although we hope over time to be able to work with more and more types of businesses of all sizes. Alex, again, I appreciate you coming on and, and, and being such a great supporter of the show, great supporter of the IBBA, um, and also great supporter of, of business brokers. Um, our, uh, our group sometimes doesn't get a, a fair shake and sometimes it's deservedly so and other times not, but we do appreciate, um, working with groups like yourselves. I'd also like to thank, uh, Jamin, uh, for arranging this and, uh, really doing all the hard work for putting the three of you together and getting us the ability to carve out our time and being able to speak with one another. So Alex, I'll leave this with you. If someone is out there and they're interested, there's a broker who has a opportunity and, and, and wants to talk to you, how do they get in touch with you guys? Uh, first, find the broker. And once you find the broker, uh, the brokers know how to reach us. Uh, it's, all, it's usually CIO at teamshares.com. And that is CIO at teamshares.com. And we promise that we'll get your response uh, in a quick fashion. Thank you so much, uh, Alex. Alex, Ed, Kevin, it's been my pleasure uh, to have you guys on this show for two episodes talking about this very important topic, uh, this, in some degree, untapped resource that's unknown to many, but now it's going to be more known and, 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 Hopefully, this opens up a lot more doors for the business owners that are out there. So this concludes part two of our episode on exiting your business, utilizing employee ownership. If you'd like to know more about TeamShares and their services, again, you can go to TeamShares.com. And like Alex said, need to start with the broker. You want to find a good broker in your area. Ed, Ed made point of it. Not all brokers are, are all equal. So go to IBBA.org. And, and find a business broker, a business intermediary in your area and talk to two or three or four of them, interview them and, and, and find the best person that, that will best suit what you're looking to do. So I ask all of you to tune in next time for more great insights into the world of business. You could always listen to other episodes of IBBA Insights by going to IBBA.org slash insights. Once you're there, you subscribe by clicking the Apple, Android or email icons. And then you'll never again have to miss an episode uh, of IBBA Insights. And we do appreciate your support and your listening and following us and being part of what we do. And thank you for letting me be part of your day. And we'll talk again on the next episode of IBBA Insights. Thank you. <laughs>